Welcome back to Off the Bar Podcast. My name is Rafa Dos Santos, and I'm here with Michael Figueroa. Just us two, Michael. A little brief episode talking about the Europa League final. Um, we're gonna, also going to be talking about the Conference League final that's uh, coming up, I believe. Not on the 28th, that's the Champions League final. The Conference League final is on the 25th, so three days the in between. Conference League. <laughs> where Arsenal will be playing. Or do you, that's where Man U's uh, yeah. yeah. Potentially. No, West Ham, West Ham. Unless we Man U drops points and West Ham picks up. We will, we will get to that later in the episode if you want. We so, shall see, we shall see. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the Europa League final. We're also going to be talking about the Conference League final right after. Then we're going to be talking about some transfer rumors, little things happening in the Premier League. Maybe the FA Cup will get in there somehow. But yeah, let's talk about the main thing. Europa League final, Rangers, Frankfurt. I had Frankfurt winning. Someone had Rangers winning. What went wrong for you there, Michael? I think um, I was actually surprised how well Rangers played. I didn't think Rangers were going to score first, to be honest. Um, seeing how Rangers played against um, Leipzig, was it Salzburg? They played very, was it Leipzig or Salzburg? Leipzig, sorry. Leipzig. I always confuse the RB teams. But when they played against Leipzig, the first leg, they were pretty defensive, push, like letting them kind of take an, like take over the game and they scored a couple of times because of it. And and I was kind of apparent now while like Frankfurt in the first half was really dominating the, the pace of the game and they were really pushing at them. And it was crazy because from what you told me, there was more like Frank, there was more Rangers fans in the stadium. It seemed like there was more Frankfurt fans because they were like so well organized. It's like if they never left like Spain after they beat Barcelona, it just kind of stayed there. <laughs> I I heard the the commentators talking about the amount of people that were there for from both sides, and it was something around like 120,000 fans made the trip. Obviously, not everyone could get into the stadium, but it made it was like um, one third of Sevilla's population or something that was oh, wow. there for that for <laughs> that game. Um, from my perspective, just looking out in the stands, um, it what there was more Rangers fans than Frankfurt fans. Like. Behind the Frankfurt goal, yeah, they were very organized. You could tell, like, they were there. But, like, after that, it was just blue. It was they, had, like, their, they had their flags and everything. <laughs> Dude, they were going crazy. But it, it was um, it was it's crazy to see. Like, it was absolutely wild because it was, like, in Spain. Like, so it was, like, super weird to see. And, like, I already know. Off of Spain. <laughs> yeah. In the second half, the Frankfurt fans like popped a bunch of flares and everything like behind. Oh yeah, what, what was the Rangers' goal at the time? It was absolutely crazy. I remember when they but, were screaming at like the referee early on because like the Rangers player like chipped one of the Frankfurt defenders and like he started bleeding like super no, no, no. like that was crazy. I was gonna I was gonna talk about that like just now. That was a red. That's a <laughs> red. Surely that's a red. Like I don't know I if think, you saw it. Yeah, that was. The ball, was in, the ball is in midair. Um, Sebastian Rhoda puts his head down a little bit. Like, he kind of tucks his chin in. Like, and um, the guy absolutely smashes him in the forehead. Like, if you go on Instagram now and you look at the stitches <laughs> on Sebastian Rhoda's head, it's literally from, like, the middle of his forehead into his hairline. It was really bad. Like, like dead in the middle of his forehead. Like, there's no way to, like simulate like kind of make the scar look good like this man looks like he got like opened up just i think for his thoughts 
I think the only reason why the referee didn't give him a red was because it's a cup final. The final just started, and you can tell it wasn't an intentional move. Like he was like apologizing to him like right after, but it is or like it's a red card. Like it, I, I think the care. only the only bl- more blatant red card in my life was the World Cup final in 2010, where like the Jong basically murdered Chavi Alonso. I don't yeah. ever seen that one where he went like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was more red, but. You know, I feel like the like the referee was just like, I'm not gonna give the card because, like, the, the the final just started. Like, how am I gonna give give a card for something that's like, wasn't intentional? But overall, I felt at the first half it was all Frankfurt show, and the second half it was still pretty dominant by Frankfurt. But then they, it was a slip up. It was like the the ghost of Steven Gerrard tripped up a Frankfurt player because Steven Gerrard is the coach Rangers, and then they scored that goal. And they took the lead. And I was like, oh, my God, Rangers have a lead. Like, I didn't think Rangers were going to score that early. But then shortly after, the Colombian for Frankfurt ties it. (laughs) And then it just was Frankfurt, all Frankfurt after that. They were pressing, 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 pressing. I don't know. For me, it was a little 50-50. Like, going back to the whole referee, like, not giving it because it was a cup final, I think that's BS. Because, like, if that's the case, then you give a yellow. If you don't want to send them off early, you give a yellow. The thing is, he didn't think it was a foul period like he didn't really think anything of it like i i never played beyond high school but like as someone i used to get fouled a lot dude if someone raises their leg that high up it's a foul and the fact that he made contact with his head is a foul the reason why the rep didn't give it like the mannerisms he was giving off the explanation he was trying to give um as i could like tell from the tv because obviously i'm not there um was he was trying to say that rhoda put his head down and um that makes sense but it doesn't like i remember in high school that legit happened to me like specifically like the ball was lower but it's still in midair and i put my head down to hit it past a player and he put his leg his foot up and hit me in the head and i was like yo that's crazy like (laughs) the same exact thing happened to me but the referee was trying to explain that sebastian rota put his head down and then since you put your head down, like, what is the player supposed to do? Like, you're bringing your head down. But he literally didn't. He just tucked his chin in. Like, you can't fault a player from, like, going from, like, let's say six foot two to six foot. And then you get kicked in the head and it's all, oh, he put his head down. No, dude, it's a red he, card. I thought it, was, it should have been a red card. And it would have changed the complexity of the game. And it is a final. But it's a red card, bro. Nearly a flesh wound. They're like, it's not that bad. He'll he be good. <laughs> But I'm, um, I'm sure they could have seen a skull. Like they could have seen how nervous he was. Like they could have seen the inner workings of his brain. Like kick the mess out of him. But like going back to the game, um, dude, Rangers capitalized on a mistake from Frankfurt. The dude literally just fell over and wide open goal after a like a backwards header on a kickoff. Um, Frankfurt kind of did that to themselves. Then Frankfurt got the goal back, doing what they've been doing the whole game. Um, by the way. No one in the game could put a cross in that was half decent. Like, Kostic was just like, oh, I have the ball. Cross, cross, cross. And it was just bad, bad, cross, bad, cross, bad, cross. <laughs> J- James Tavernier, did you see the cross that he put in at the beginning of the game where he, like, beat the left back, cut into the box, and then put a cross in that went out for a throw-in on the other side? I think so, yeah. That was really- <laughs> Dude, I was like, is this the guy that Connor was saying that was going to, like, change the game or something? Like, what it is was, going? And The crazy thing is Tavernier has been fantastic the whole tournament. And he played – he had a pretty good moment to the final. But I think he had the opportunity to stop the tying goal from coming in, and he missed it. <laughs> it was, like, right Dude, next to his leg. 
Kostic put in a, a really good cross. He like magged the guy that was right in front of him. I don't know if that was Trevor or himself. And so I was I think it was a second person. There was like there's two. There was um. Tavernier was like right here, and the ball went this way, and then that person scored. Yeah, then it was like hard directly. Yeah, Kostic just kept doing what he had been doing the whole game. Put a thousand crosses in. He finally found Borre, who beat two center backs to get to it, and they scored a good goal. Um, after that, it was just kind of Frankfurt having the ball, and Rangers did counterattack really good because Ryan Kent had a couple chances. They did have a couple chances afterwards. They just couldn't capitalize. And Kevin Tramp, bro, ridiculous. Dude, that save Kevin Trapp had at the end of the game. Um, Trapp, I think I think he was a player of the game, in my opinion. Like that of, guy, was, of who course. got it? Um, I don't know who got men of the match. If it's, let's if look it's, that up. Well, I can look it up. Um, Santos Borre has men. Mm, nope, no, he doesn't. Well, according to, I don't know who men of match is, but according to Foot Mob, the player on Frankfurt with the highest rating was uh Toure, uh right center back for frankfurt that's a little weird tavernier had to start on him that's like come on bro how are you gonna give it yeah that? well T- tavernier is the man of the match as a whole according to fun mob i don't know i feel like the trap was fantastic to watch like i said that save that he had on uh i believe ryan can't in like the 90th minute it was either the 90th minute or the end of extra time he kept them uh, in the game for sure. He kept them in the game. He would have been over. Died. Like, and it's crazy because it was a ball in, a, across the box into Ryan Kent wide open. And usually goalies just go for like a reflex save, like literally spread as much as I can. They kind of look away and then it just hits a part of their body, usually, like usually their chest or something or one of their arms. But yeah. he literally stared down Ryan Kent. As if, like, dude, I'm going to reflex save this, like, looking at it. Like, I'm going to react to it. He stares him down. Ryan Kent puts it bottom left, and he sticks his foot out, like, purposely. <laughs> like, not, not trying to get bigger. Not trying to make himself bigger and save it. Purposely to save that shot. Like, it was insane. And then he obviously saved uh, Aaron Ramsey's horrible penalty in the penalty shootout. That was a yes. horrible penalty. That was like, so bad. <laughs> in, in a regular penalty shootout, it's a horrible penalty. And it doesn't help the fact that, like, it was literally, like, you remember those uh, Chilean penalty shootouts in the Copa America where they would just put everything in upper 90? <laughs> it was literally that. Like, everyone. It was, was so shooting. good. It was so good. Two people scored or three people scored off the post and in. There were, like, four in a row that were just upper 90. And then Aaron Ramsey comes up. And then and here comes the. Like, the ex-Arsenal legend, as soon as I saw him come, I'm like, he's going to miss it. And then there's going to be, like, more banter about Arsenal, which has been a tough week so far. And there we go. He did it. Honestly, I, I was surprised, though. Like, oh, I, I think in order for Rangers to win this game, like, have a better chance, they should have capitalized on their chances in, like, the, in, in extra time. Because they were more dominant in extra time, in my opinion. Like, I just seemed like Frankfurt was exhausted. Like Frankfurt's a really good side, but their their style of football is so like quick and possession and like aggressive that it feels like once they were once like the ninety minutes finished, they were gassed. They had no energy left, and they were making some poor passes and decisions and movements. And the Rangers were able to counter because of that. If Rangers had a better goal score, they would have probably you know won the game, in my opinion. But you gotta give the Kevin Trapp. He was playing fantastic. Rangers were now capitalizing opportunities. And then once you go to penalties, it's a 50-50 shot right there. <laughs> you 
you know who's going to win a penalty. You could be the best player in the world. It doesn't matter. Like, if you're not confident taking that penalty, Ramsey was not confident taking that penalty. He messed up, and that's it. It cost him the game. Everyone else was perfect. Not a single person missed a penalty, except for Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> to be honest, um, I thought he was going to score it. Like, I didn't. When he was walking up to it, I was like, oh, this guy looks like he's going to miss. I thought he was going to score it because he was brought on to shoot the penalty. And it's uh, <laughs> such an English, like, I don't even know. What do you call it? Like a, the English curse, the Prem curse. They're not good at penalties. On, to bring on a penalty shooter and then they end up missing the penalty. Like um, in the Euros. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it cost, them the, it cost them the title. But in, like, in the grand scheme of things as a neutral fan, um, the Rangers was already going to play Champions League next season. This means that Frankfurt, who was who isn't in the top four in the Bundesliga, is going to get to play Champions League next season. So they both get to play Champions League next season. Um, <laughs> if they want to look at it that way, at the end of the day, they did lose the final. Um, Those Rangers know. has a really good story. A couple of years ago, they were in second division, and they, last year they won undefeated. Yeah. They're like with um, Gerard as a coach. Gerard left, and they still went to the finals. So. Kudos to them. They have a pretty good history. I was excited. I was hoping the Rangers would win because I kind of wanted a team to, like, a team from one not no one of the top five leagues to win. I thought that would be interesting. That's why I was like, like that's why I'm like a little bit conflicted for the conference when we get to it. But I was I was kind of hoping like it would be cool if like you know a Scottish team, which doesn't get a lot of insight, doesn't get like a lot of attention, they actually come out with a result. That would be pretty dope. But you know. Kudos to Frankfurt. They came to the Camp Nou, they dominated, and they won. They went to West Ham in London, and they dominated, and they won. And they went to Sevilla, they didn't dominate, but they kept fighting, and they won. And yeah, they beat, they beat they, up Betis. Yeah. So, kudos to them. They deserve it. But have an easy road to the final at all. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, I agree with that. They definitely deserve it. Um, to win the final just because like how much they deserve to even be there in the first place with beating all the teams you said Barcelona, West Ham, Betis like it takes a certain kind of team to do that and they definitely deserve to win um, but the, the nature of the entire Europa League final was different this year as well um, I know you said it would be really interesting to see a team perhaps like Rangers win because they're not a top five league uh, team but I think the fact that we got a like it felt like a real Europa League final in the sense of like it wasn't a team that got knocked out of the Champions League that won. Usually, like what would we expect? We would have expected to have like a Barca West Ham. Obviously, they were in the same side of the bracket, so that wasn't possible. But we would have expected like a Barca West Ham. Like we've had Sevilla Inter Milan, Villarreal Manchester United. You know, Arsenal like Chelsea. Yeah, like we usually have big teams that that weren't good enough to play Champions League that season, but they're big teams. This year we had Frankfurt, who's now a top four team in the in the Bundesliga. We have Rangers, who's not winning the uh, Scottish Premier League. I believe Celtic uh, won it. This yeah, they already season. won this year. Yeah, so it was like a real Europa League final. So it, it was like a bit refreshing to see because it wasn't like gigantic names, but even though it was like quote unquote boring, it it was somewhat exciting because like. It was like real passion. Like it wasn't like a money poor game. Um, 
in terms of like having huge teams play like to be honest if i'm completely honest i don't want to see pugba playing like i don't want to see pugba playing europa league you know what i mean like he's an expensive player on an expensive team like i don't want to see like cristiano playing europa league i don't want to see like i don't want to see it like i want to see teams that are that caliber not not to like make it seem like a bad thing like you're a Europa League caliber it's just like you know teams are are happy to make Europa League that's what I want to see that's what I want to see play like I don't want to see teams that drop out of the Champions League I get you. I want teams that need that money to like get players get recognition all that I feel like that'll make it more interesting like I, I always assume that's the point of the Europa League is to have these lower tier teams no offense to them like have a chance to win to win European Civil War against other European clubs, improve their football, learn from it, and also have a chance of actually like getting like European prize money to then improve their academies, improve their players based on all that. So seeing like you said, it was it was very strange seeing like Frankfurt and Rangers. These are two teams that we haven't we didn't think we we're gonna make it. I remember I saw last time I saw Frankfurt play prior to like this year, um, they play against Arsenal in Europa League, and they were pretty good. I think they actually, I think they might have eliminated us one year, if I'm correct, but they were pretty confident on the ball and their movements. And they, I don't know what type, they, they play a very aggressive style where it's like they keep possession, but they're like, they do like quick movements the way I describe it. It's, it's very interesting to watch. I like watching Frankfurt. And I think Frankfurt like can make, hopefully make <laughs> the Bundesliga more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Please. Go, yeah. <laughs> going back to, I mean, they're not going to be buying. You forget about that. No, but like, I mean, we'll see what happens because Lewandowski's leaving to Barcelona supposedly. But um, maybe that'll stop their dominance because he's literally by far their best player. And we've seen with Barcelona and we've seen it with Real Madrid that once you take one a player that's that like insane for a team and you take him out, they like absolutely crumble. But we'll yeah. See. Moving um, on to everybody's third favorite club European competition, Conference League. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, is that my third favorite? <laughs> what else is there? Oh, yeah, so we got Roma and Fairwood. Fairwood obviously is from the Dutch League. And then Roma. Feyenoord. Feyenoord. Roma, Feyenoord. you know, Roma is coached by arguably my favorite, the best manager of all time, in my opinion, um, Jose Mourinho. I'm Jose Mourinho. <laughs> that is a weird way to pronounce Zinedine Zidane. But Jose Mourinho. I am Jose Mourinho. I love Jose Mourinho. Have you ever seen a clips of him like at Spurs, like talking to Deli Alley? He's like, Deli, you are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> if you play like this, you don't start. Simple. I don't know what's wrong with you. When you're at MK Dons, you were playing okay. You come over here, you're playing good, then other days you're just lazy. <laughs> Bro, he literally sat for the entire um, Spurs, like the entire squad. And he was like, this is who's starting for me. He put the entire team up on a board. And like, I remember that he had like Davies at left back. And you just see Danny Rose like devastated. <laughs> <He's just> devastated. <laughs> I remember that that one video. He had a video where he was like, it's like half, it's like halftime. Like, look, in halftime, Manchester United is going to put it in Paul Pogba. And he's going to have a beautiful pass across to Rashford. And then half starts his football knowledge is immaculate that guy is he's awesome i i I really i'm happy to see him in the europe in the conference league final because he's won the europa league with man united which was the last trophy man united has ever lifted um (laughs) 
And he obviously won the Champions League with Inter Milan and with the astounding one with Porto. So him winning the Conference League, he'll be the first manager to win all three European competitions, and especially in the first year that this European European competition isn't isn't like it's going on. And Roma kind of deserve it, you know. They've been playing pretty good. They have Tammy Abraham, who's been phenomenal since leaving Chelsea. He's very confident. He's very loved. Usually the Italian isn't very like positive towards you know players of different race. They have a very bad history of it. If you can you can hey, look at Arabantelli's experience and it's not good. Hey Michael, thought, watch your mouth, man. If any team is tolerating, it's Lazio. Like what, <laughs> what are you talking about? What we don't have a Mussolini in the squad. What? <laughs> He's just a distant cousin, twice removed. <laughs> well yeah um so I, i'm obviously going for roma i think it's cool that Fenerbahce, like i said earlier with you know rangers being in the finals a team that like not in the top five leagues being there obviously like if you look at the, you think of the dutch league you think of ajax that you don't think of Fenerbahce, and Fenerbahce's there so this would be fun it, it would be exciting to watch i think roma gonna pull out with the win i hope roma pull out with the win and Mourinho can continue his European success. You have a, you have a prediction? Do I smell a prediction? I, I, I can smell. I, I don't I don't know what the score is going to be because, like, Mourinho plays very defensively. He likes to have his teams attack at the right moments is what I'll call it. Basically, part of us and wait to move. But I think it would be, like, if it's it's going to be a close game. I think it would be, like, a 2-1-1. 2-1 Roma? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I agree with basically everything you said. I think Tammy Abraham's been having an absolutely insane season. Thank God they bought him, and he's not alone, actually. They real deal bought him. Yeah. Um, there is talks of, like, Paulo Dybala going to Roma, so we'll see, we'll see what happens over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Roma turns to be, a, like, a reject revivalist team. Like, I remember Chris Smalling was like, oh, garbage, oh, United, he's not good enough for United. Boom, goes to Roma, he's really good. Yeah. Um, Dude, Tammy Abraham was playing a lot under Frank Lampard. Um, Con- was it Conte that comes in? Um, whoever comes in after Frank, no, it wasn't Conte. Tuchel. Um, Tuchel comes in and doesn't like Tammy Abraham or whatever. Boom, Tammy out. Abraham goes to Roma. He is absolutely insane. He's the second leading scorer in the Conference League um, under Mourinho. And now we're having like Roma perhaps playing. Um, Europa League next season because uh, where are they in the Syria? Let's see. I think they're top five, if I'm correct. No, Lazio's fifth. Lazio's fifth? They're, they're in sixth place. So they'd be Europa League regardless. But right I mean, we'll see. Fiorentina and Atalanta are right behind them on 59 points and Roma's on 60. So we'll see. This is a really important game for Roma. Um, if they can clinch Europa League next season, obviously it will mean that more players want to go to their team. Um, perhaps they can make the Serie A more interesting. I think the Serie A is getting more interesting anyways. Like, if there ever was a real title race up and down, um, it was definitely Serie A this year, even though the Premier League has the best title race, like, technically, because it's coming down to the last match day, but it's only between one and two, where these guys were, like, four do- four or three teams until, like, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, also, like something I noticed, you were mentioning earlier how like a lot of players in this team for Roma are like kind of getting like their resurgence. I don't, I don't remember. You remember Mkhitaryan? Yeah, he's he's in Roma and he's playing like he's. I think he's a. 
he has like four assists right now. No, he has six assists for them and five goals. So he's their second top assister. Tammy Abraham is obviously their top goal scorer and top goal scorer and assister combined. But Mkhitaryan's been playing really good for them. And that's I think it's great for him. Uh, he obviously didn't work out in Man United when they traded him for um, Alexis Sanchez. And he wasn't that good in Arsenal. He didn't fit his system. I feel like it was a waste of a switch. He's a good player. I think he's a great, fantastic player. He, he worked really well in Dortmund. So I'm really happy to see him perform in Roma. Yeah. Um, I did forget about Mkhitaryan, to be honest. But he is a yeah. Roma player, like you said. Um <laughs> Yeah, it literally, comes, yeah. <laughs> it literally comes down to um, what you said. Um, is Mourinho's team going to be able to go in there, play that kind of attacking uh, football that Mourinho made so famous, especially at Real Madrid with like Di Maria, Bale, Cristiano. Um, obviously, you have Tammy Abraham, which isn't, <laughs> isn't the same, but it's, uh, it's definitely good. Um, Roma is the leading clean sheet team in the conference league they have five um tied up there with an austrian team lask but yeah i don't know i think it'll be interesting Feyenoord has a top leading scorer in, in the conference league as well um yeah, boost hill right is that him the sayers and they have the they have the third leading scorer in siniestra as well oh wow so it, it might just be an, a really attacking Feyenoord with nothing to lose and absolutely everything to win Versus uh, Roma, led by a counter-attacking genius, <laughs> or parking the bus genius in Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho. Obviously, my prediction is going to be like a, along the same lines as you, because like, I, I'm, what can I say? Like, Feyenoord is not a team that I follow that much, um, so I have the bias towards the big, the bigger team for the more proven manager with the more proven big-time European players. So I'm gonna go for. A three-one Roma win or Feyenoord. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Hat trick. Hat trick for doing that'd be really nice. That'd be insane. I was like Gar- 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 scores a hat trick in the Champions League finals, and they sit in there for like two seconds. <laughs> Dare him start East goal with me. But yeah, it'll, it'll be great. I think you know Mourinho, like I said earlier, he's my favorite manager. Um, he really likes to go to clubs that clubs that let him obviously like try to bring a winning culture to the team and. Bring that experience to them. Obviously, it didn't work out in England for a second tenure because, wow, United, United, and Tottenham were not trying to help him. He didn't get any signs for, he couldn't sign anybody for Tottenham. And I think for United, it's, I don't think I need to describe myself just how like attacked he was by the media constantly. When honestly, he didn't deserve it. The whole team was in shambles. He says his biggest success as a manager has been getting United second place. Yeah. And Talking about teams in shambles, PSG, good old PSG. Paris Saint-Germain. Supposedly, PSG have offered someone by the name of Kylian Mbappe. I don't know who that guy that guy is. Uh, quote unquote, complete control to become the quote unquote owner of their sporting project, allowing him to change coaches and decide who signs for the club according to El Chiringuito. Who isn't the most reliable, but like, dude, that's insane. If that's true, that's insane. To give a player the power to choose coaches and players is not real, and it is the very reason why PSG have never been good. 
because all their players time from time have been bigger than the badge they always have been when they made the signing for for neymar neymar was bigger than the badge when they made the signing for mbappe mbappe has grown bigger than the badge messi is vastly bigger than that badge and it's just always been the problem with that team they have no identity they they have very few academy players that have ever been good and <laughs> that's a problem PSG, and that's why i think he should come to real madrid on a non-biased opinion He's a fantastic player. He has like 42 goal contributions this year, 25 goals, 17 assists. He's obviously in all aspects our best player. It is insane how dude he's good the he leading is. scorer in League Un and leading assister in League Un, and he got player of the year for the third year in a row in League Un. <laughs> how old is he? He's like what 21, probably 22? I'm not sure how old I'm about is. Imagine young. giving a 22-year-old being like, hey, listen, this club that we bought, you can basically kind of own it if you want to stay with us. <laughs> just ridiculous they like and it's crazy how like poorly like psg finesse the back last year madrid offered them 220 million dollars for a player with one one year left in his contract they already got messi <laughs> messi was gonna go with their team and they chose to keep mbappe i feel like they, they should have sold them because like like obviously seeing how like it, it hasn't worked with those three like i feel like Next year, PSG would do slightly do better if they get a better manager, obviously. But having Neymar on the wing with Di Maria and having Messi, if he goes back to a false nine position, that, that could be a more dominant team because Messi's actually playing a position he plays more often. But you know, like I like it, it's just speculation at this point because you know, PSG is always like you said, it's kind of topsy turvy with them. I've heard like rumors that um, Tuchel left because he said that managers don't really have any say in the club which is ridiculous. Why would you get a manager if you're not going to like let him do what he has to do to make your team better? Because like who knows money, better about the team than the manager? Money drives that team. It's like a pseudo team. It's like, Hey guys, we have all this money. Like hurry up, make the stadium, make the badge, make the kits so we can have a soccer team. Like it, it's like, it feels that way. Like, you know, they're it, making like PSG stores around the world, like to sell like their jerseys and stuff. Cause like they're trying to be like a merch brand. Because they do have, like, a great jersey. Like, their jersey's always nice, but... Yeah, but it's that's the problem. It's such a... Everything about them is, like, such money. Like, it's nothing about soccer. Like, it's, like... It's, like... It should be that that soccer is a vehicle to make money. And not that the merchandise is, like, a vehicle for the soccer team. Like, it's, like... It feels that way. Like, like I remember when they first got the Jordan, uh, at, like the jordan stuff i was like so mad because i'm like damn i couldn't Real madrid get that but like why psg like what have they done to get like it's just ridiculous and like obviously as a soccer fan it just sucks seeing like messi in that team it absolutely does um like the absolute fall off he's had and every time i bring it up someone goes like ah messi has this amount of assists and like messi has this amount of goal contributions um, he has a second like a sister in um a team with 13 but still like you know Scoring Dude, six goals man. only is Messi, not Messi. Messi has zero goals, zero assists against this top six in Liga. That's insane. That's not that's not the Messi I know. That's not the Messi I used to. They used to like haunt my nightmares every time we played against Madrid in a classical. Cristiano Ronaldo has eight goals. Or eight goal contributions against a Premier League top six. Not to bring up a Cristiano Messi debate, but 
Messi should be at the level, if not higher or slightly lower, wherever you're standing on the debate. They, with Cristiano, he should be with the, with Cristiano, bro, because he's always been. And, and, like, I don't know. That's a whole other, like, discussion. But, like, staying on, like, PSG, um, dude, I hope that Mbappe can leave. Not just because I'm a Real Madrid fan, but because, like, it seems, like, shackled there. Like, I don't want anyone to go to PSG. Like, I keep seeing rumors about this person, that person. Like, I don't want anyone to go to PSG. I want PSG to, like, self-destruct. And like <laughs> rebuild with their youth. Yeah, um, that, that's kind of sad. You know what's crazy is that Ronaldinho played in PSG before PSG was even like the PSG we know now, and he was a pretty successful player there. It's just that Paris Saint Germain like never kind of started buying players once they became like the richest club in the world. <laughs> it's like the thing who doesn't is, want to go to Paris? Paris is like that. That it's a big city in the league that's pretty simple where these if you get good talent they're going to almost guarantee them the league win so it's almost a guaranteed trophy at that point like it's it's enticing it's like going to Bayern. like you're gonna you're gonna go to Bayern. you're almost guaranteed a trophy for that year especially the bundesliga and the you're gonna be playing with the, is, the thing is players should not be like that shouldn't be you know like if i'm a professional player i'm not like hmm PSG is an enticing team. Bayern is an enticing team. Bro, if you want to be the best player in the world, you don't play in Bayern and you don't play at PSG. You don't. It. Look at the Ballon d'Or winners. Yeah, technically, Messi won the Ballon d'Or as a PSG player, but not really. We all know that he won it for his performance at Barcelona. Yeah. If you want to be the best player in the world, if you want to play for the best teams in the world, you either play in the Premier League or you play in La Liga. That's it. Like it, it sucks that it's that way, but that's the way it is. So if you ask me, like I hate it. Like I hate that PSG can just buy whoever they want and like they they come into the Champions League and they get knocked out every year. Um playing with this pseudo team with like <laughs> dude, it's a pseudo team. Like they, they have just no get talent, and they wash it there. Like you remember Julian Draxler? Yeah. What I is he doing? He was insane. Like, Julian Draxler was, like, you remember De Bruyne? Like, everyone was, like, dude, De Bruyne's insane. I wonder what team he's going to go to. Then he goes to Chelsea, and then he goes to Man City. And it's, like, oh, that's crazy. It was, like, Draxler's, like, yo, Draxler's disgusting. What team is he going to go to? He goes to PSG, and then, boom. It's, like, I give him props for Marquinhos. Marquinhos was, like, no. I think he's an academy player. If I'm not mistaken, he he was like no one, and they made him into Marquinhos, and then boom, Kimpembe as well. You have like a Rabio, like. But Ante wasn't older. that big either until he got to like, said uh, to um, PSG. Who? Verratti. He wasn't that like. Yeah, Verratti used to play for like Pescara or something, um, with Jorginho. Um, like I think out of all the like. Well, I call them they're they're oil clubs like the PSG and the Man City. Man City has been more successful in like their league. They're playing in a harder league, and they've dominated. It's because Man City makes very smart football decisions. They let their managers buy players when they're like young, and they keep paying them out. Like Sterling was a project for them. Um, Aguero was a project for them. Company was a project for them. They weren't expecting trophies automatically. They were expecting to struggle against Man United. And look at them now. They're probably, like, arguably they're going to be one of the best Premier League sides. They could be the best Premier League side next year with, like, Holland as an addition. 
So it's insane how like well Man City has done domestically in their own league. But I don't know why. I feel like they have a curse in and <laughs> like the Champions League where like those big oil clubs just can't win the Champions League. And like oh, PSG oh, has like a curse against Spanish teams because like any second leg in Spain, they're just gonna lose it. <laughs> I think it goes to like the same thing that I was talking about with PSG, where it's like you have teams that play um, not so much Man City, but especially PSG and like maybe Bayern, where they have relatively easy leagues, so they play no competition for a very long time, and they go to Champions League, and they get punched in the mouth by real competition. Um, when it comes to Man City, I think the reason why they don't win. Um, this is a jokey one where it's like you remember when they had Yaya Toure and like Pep Guardiola kind of like kicked Yaya Toure out of Barcelona. So like they like cursed him back in Africa to like not win. Um, and then he game. goes to City and then he kicks him out of City. <laughs> yeah, but Pep Guardiola has never won a Champions League since then. So it's like yeah. insane. But like I think one of the big reasons is um, one, like the Pep master classes like of like making a really big change for a final and then just getting absolutely slapped, like not playing Rodri in the final. It's ridiculous. Then the second being like, I think when you pour too much money into a team, you lose what it is to be a team with like chemistry, what a team, like what a team is supposed to be. Like if you pay a hundred million for Jack Grealish, and you play him as much as you play Jack Grealish, I think that football has a way of biting you in the butt for that. And, like, you're just not going to be as successful. Yeah, that was but, upsetting. <laughs> but but to be fair to City, the reason why they've been so much better than PSG is because they have made, like, way better signings. Like, PSG literally throws money, meaning, oh, like, Kylian Mbappe has been really good for Monaco. He wants to go to Real Madrid, mm, $180 million. Give it, Give me uh Neymar is really good 222 million give me like that's throwing money you're throwing money those are the two this is available let's give him all the money we can (laughs) the two biggest transfers in the history of the game belong to a team to one team and were they the same season I think they were the same season yes they were the same season they were the same season wasn't it which one Mbappe and Neymar were bought in the same season I think so but they're maybe like a season apart but another thing I have to know is that the, apparently Di Maria is leaving this summer. So he's out of PSG. And I think Pogba's linked to going to PSG. He's also linked to Real Madrid, which yeah, is interesting. But I don't I don't personally, as a Madrid fan, I don't like Pogba Madrid. I feel like Pogba's like very look, he'd be good. He doesn't have determination. Player, but he's just not that guy. I think Kamavinga should be played. Kamavinga should no, be played. But like going back to City. I think the reason why City is so successful is because they've made really good signings, if you really think about it. The Jack Grealish one, we have to see. Like, there's still time. Bernardo Silva from Monaco was a ridiculous signing. Like, that signing, absolutely insane. I don't really like Mares from Leicester City because I think that just made Leicester, like, insanely not competitive. Like, literally, Conte gone, that, like, Mares gone, like, two of your best players gone. Like, Jamie Vardy stayed. Like, it was insane. Um... They got Ruben Diaz, like, the same way that United got Bruno, Man City got Ruben Diaz from uh, the Portuguese League, made him insane. They got Ederson from the Portuguese League, made him insane. Um, who else did you get? Gundogan. Gundogan from... They got him from Dortmund when he was injured. From, from Dortmund. Um, Rodri from Atletico Madrid. 
they've just made really good signings. They just never gotten that striker, and now they got him in Erling Haaland. So they're really good at making signings, and they have the money to make whatever signing they want. So when you make you add those two together, it's insane. Um, yeah, and plus you have you have an actual football system with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, let's not give Pep too much credit. My, 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 this is, I, I can actually make a fair reason why Pep struggles in the Champions League. And it's it has to do with, like, the way, like, cup football is played. Pep is a very controlling manager. He wants – he has his team follow his style of football. So he's always giving commands. You see him on the bench, he's screaming at his players what to do and everything. He doesn't let his players play like, at all. Like, it seems like he is like, you have to do this, you have to do that, and this will win us a game. Now, it works really well in the league play because – you're like the bad teams city is almost always going to beat those teams very rarely city drops points against a pretty subpar side like that's just not what city does like city against like norwich they're not going to lose that game city against um what newcastle they're going to win that game city against tottenham it could be tricky because they're like a top they're like a top five team with like harry kane so like that seems to be the way City work is that when it comes to like consistency of a league, they're able to like know who they're going to play against. And those small games, it's because of their bench, they already knew how to perform. While cup games are a lot like you have no idea who you're going to play until like I think once you got like once you get out of the group stages, you have no idea who you're going to play again. Like they just do draw, then you have to figure out who you're going to put for that game. And then like once you get to like the semifinals or like the quarterfinals is when you already know who you're going to start playing after that. But either way, I feel like Pep doesn't prepare for that as much as he should. And he needs, like, he needs to give his players the chance to, like, like be creative. Like, you have KDB. You have Bernardo Silva. These are players that thrive on the ball and thrive on making passes and finding players. Let them do that. Let them see where the game's going to go. Because clearly, sometimes he makes some very poor, like, substitutions. Look, I, I'm a big tra- traditional soccer guy. So, in my opinion, if your team has no team identity, then you're not going to win anything. And it's always been that way, and it's always going to be that way. Um, but I think that Pep Guardiola has finally thrown just enough money and just enough the right place um, in getting Erling Haaland. And I think he's going to shut me up in the next two, three years. In the next two, three – look, straight up. Next two, three years, if Pep Guardiola does not win the Champions League – and I, and I could make it one or two years. In the next one or two years, if Pep Guardiola does not win the Champions League, I do not ever want to hear anything about Pep Guardiola being the best coach ever. It's just not true. It's not true. Because yeah. throw that amount of money everywhere in every possession and not win at Manchester City. I it's don't ridiculous. care if you won the league. I don't care if you won the league. Because you want to know why you won the league? Because your team has the death of, like, Mariana's Trench, bro. You have, like, <laughs> 100 million players starting. 50 million player on the bench and a 40 million player to like to back them up. That's true. People are like, bro. Oh my God, look at, but well, before Pep Guardiola went to Bayern, Bayern wasn't winning so much. I'm like, yeah, but then Bayern got gold. So from Dortmund, there are rivals. And then they got Robert Lewandowski from Dortmund. There are rivals. They got Hummels also from Dortmund. So their only competition, they basically stripped them of all their players. (laughs) So it's like, kind of like, Raheem Sterling at left wing or right wing. Morris at right wing. Grealish at left wing. Phil Foden at left wing. Beryl Silva at right wing. Like, bro, and that's just the wings. Like, then you have KDB, Rodri, Gundogan, or Zinchenko sometimes as well. 
in the midfield. Then you had like uh, until the other day, you had a girl Gabriel Jesus playing striker. Like so much depth. Like of course you're gonna win the league. And and to their credit, they've been really consistent. Like you said against small teams. Like Man City does not draw points against small teams. Very rarely. Like insanely rarely. Um, and of course we're gonna win. But I think Fred Gordillo has finally thrown. Like I said money at the right place early hand a striker we'll see how that works out for them but i don't know i think next year is going to be very interesting you have a lot of players from a lot of teams uh, a lot of teams looking to obviously upgrade um arsenal arsenal have a very young squad they need a striker also <laughs> probably more than city does because arsenal is very young they're they i think if it wasn't for shaka um, Eleni and maybe Cedric, like at some occasions, the Arsenal starting five, like starting 11 could be a U23 team. <laughs> like that's how young that squad is. And it's, I don't think it's a bad young team. I just think they like, you can't expect a manager who's been a coach for two years with these young players to be like giving you performances. Like I, I'm very patient. Because trust me, they haven't been doing anything in the past decade except winning FA Cups. But um, if they're going to try to do something in the Premier League, they have to do it soon because, like I said, Newcastle is coming up. City's not slowing down. Liverpool is not slowing down. And United got a brand new manager. Chelsea Chelsea might be slowing down, but I don't know. They both got two managers are great. And so is Tottenham. They're pushing it. So they have a young – I'm confident that Arsenal can make a right signing. Um, Gabriel Sus, I don't know. I feel like we should get a better um, striker. Gabriel Sus is, they're asking for too much for Gabriel Sus. They're asking for like $60 million. And I'm like, that's not, I'm not spending Irving Holland money for Gabriel Sus, in my opinion. Irving Holland's worth so much money. <laughs> I think it was $50 million. Yeah, but the, the wage is going to be slapped. Yeah, but I don't think it's, it's a, I don't think it's a worth transfer in my opinion i feel like they and napoli they should go for and there's a bunch of other players yeah. but i think the, the i think champions league is going to look very different next year because this year a lot of teams struggle financially with covid this was like their recovery year they all made their money back now this summer a lot of contracts are open modric's a free agent di maria's a free agent um mbappe is obviously a free agent money's going to be spent and so is oh, lemon apparently going to barcelona so barcelona that's going to be a fun summer. Oh, and also Dembele is going to be a free agent too, so. Yeah, but he's like one foot in Barcelona, one foot in Newcastle or something, or PSG. We'll see. I, heard, I think PSG should pick him up. It would be cool to have him back in France. That would be insane. I think that would be a really good replacement if there ever was one for Mbappe. But yeah, yeah I don't know how Michael finessed uh, talking about Arsenal into his podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> it was very think... small, though. I don't yeah, talk yeah. about it's all good. Um, I'll have Chris edit it out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. But yeah, um, that kind of wraps up today's episode. Pretty much, we talked about Europa League final, Conference League final, what that means for next season. Jose Mourinho, Tammy Abraham, hopefully could pick up a win against Feyenoord, or Feyenoord can upset Jose Mourinho, and uh, maybe they could put some cameras in that locker room, and we can have vines and memes for days. I just, I just want to say the. Amazon all or nothing for Arsenal is going to be fantastic to watch. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and you cannot tell me this has not been an entertaining season for them. They literally were like 
relegation zone battlers to like we're in the Champions League to now like oh you guys bottled it. <laughs> Man, they should have done one for like Real Madrid to see the locker room at the halftime of each of the Champions League games. Like, uh, they they did it. You ever see the one for the where like Zidane gave the pep talk against when they play against Juventus? Yes. That one was dope. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, my name is Rafael de los Santos. I am Michael Figueroa. And this has been Off the Bar Podcast. We will catch you next time.